so they, <coughs> you know, they get a little older and they want to go home. They want to spend time with their kids. I can't blame them. You got to protect your body. Um, you know, and that's why I look at somebody who's a legend, obviously, uh, on the verge of retirement. Um, and you know, I, I as much as I want to see them stay, I want to see them stay in the game. I, I want to watch them do their thing. You know, I, I, ha- I have to say, I understand it. And so, like, Abella Danger retiring from the porn industry, you know, I'm not upset. I, I would love to still be there, but, you know, hey, time's going by, man. Just feel selfish. No, no. Just enough worried about your career. What about me? You, listen, you, you play, you, you, listen, you stick around too long in that industry, you Can't end li- up like August Ames. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Barry Sanders. What? Barry Sanders. Oh, you know, August Ames is the Barry Sanders of... Well, I think Abella Dangers is the August, uh, is, is the Barry Sanders, you know? Walked away from the game on the top. Megatron. With Megatron. Yeah, yeah. Except if, instead of catching balls, it's having a big fat ass. As long as we don't lose Angela White, I'll be just fine. You're a real crumb bum. Can you feel that? What's going on, Birds fans? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, The Philly Specialist. I'm Eric, joined by Dom, and we are here to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, who unfortunately... Took a big, fat, ugly, nasty, bad L this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. We got a lot to talk about about that game today. Um, Going to go through some news and notes stuff before we do that. So, Dom, what's on the agenda? What, what's the first thing you want to talk about news-wise? So, uh, let's, let's, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's talk about the game. We can get into where we are with news and notes for the week. But okay, what, what I'm learning is... Uh, losses are not all created equal in a 10 and six year, uh, where your team is overachieving kind of like two years ago, uh, losses feel like paper cuts. They just kind of, they're annoying, but you know, they're coming, uh, losses. When you have the expectations that we do this year, the second loss of the year feels like a Bowie knife in my chest ruins, ruins my Monday ruins my Tuesday. Um, I know this. For multiple people, like uh, Keith Hagan, another example, uh, if the Eagles lose, I just know that I won't hear from them for the first three days of the week. Just total yeah. shutdown. Yep. Uh, we're, we're here on Wednesday. Uh, Keith's probably coming out of his cage now, listening to this Thursday morning. Uh, I think a lot of us are kind of stepping into the week, kind of looking back on what happened, looking forward on the season, and trying to really assess what this Eagles team is, because I think a lot of the problems that we've been worried about but winning covers up kind of showed very loud and clear uh and the problem is uh two things can be very true the eagles can be a very good team capable of winning the uh super bowl but at the same time after that showing i think there's a lot of things that need to change before i can even consider them you know past that top they're in the top three i but i'm like starting to worry that they're the third best team in the NFC right now. If the playoffs were to start today, there's a lot of things that can change from now and then, but definitely some huge red flags that popped up this week that were kind of 
kind of concerning. Uh, I'm thinking you kind of feel the same way, so I will let you talk about how you feel, and then I will try to give you something that may make you feel better moving forward. Yeah, I am concerned. I'm concerned a lot. I, you know, I, I don't think this bumps them down from being what I thought was the best team in the league to the third best team in the NFC. Um, you know, I still think I still think they are... I, you know, I don't think every loss to San Fran looks like that. I think they're probably closer to 1A, 1B with San Francisco on most days. Obviously, this was a day where it just, the ball just didn't roll your way. So I'm not ready to say, like, oh, they went from being, you know really really good to not so good and lucky but I do I do agree I think the issues were kind of laid bare they were exacerbated by a good you know coaching staff in Mm. in in San Francisco and you know they really did take advantage of the Eagles issues um and you know I just think I'm I'm waiting for I'm still waiting now week 14 going into for Brian Johnson to get this figured out um and when we talked about it in the beginning of the year, the first couple of weeks, we said, hey, you know, he's he's figuring it out. We got to get to like week seven, week eight. We're week 14 now. We're, we're you know, staring down the barrel of a playoff berth, a potential one seed. Um, and it just seems like the offensive game plan and the play calling has become a hindrance. It's become a it's become an Achilles heel on this team. Um, defensively, they got beat up in the middle. But at the same time, I, I also kind of know that that's where the defense is weak. And so I feel like, for me, a lot of people are more upset with the defense this week. Personally, I'm more upset with the offense. Um, if the offense is moving, and the offense is scoring, and they're scoring when they're in the red zone, and yada, 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 this game doesn't get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't score as many points. The defense isn't on the field for so long. After the first two drives... They just couldn't maintain a drive. They couldn't sustain time on the field. Uh, it seemed like they were, you know, I know everybody wants them to run the ball, and they didn't run the ball efficiently this week, but they gave up on the run completely. Dallas Goddard's out of the game. Obviously, Jalen Hurts doesn't have confidence in Jack Stone and Grant Calcaterra because there were multiple times they were open. He looked, looked them down and didn't throw. So he's looking to the perimeter. Brian Johnson, it seems to me, is is like more worried about getting Hurts the MVP than he is winning the games because he's really good at these deep perimeter passes and that's all he dials up. So now you've got these long developing passes against a pretty good defense, a, a secondary, a really good defense with like a pretty good secondary, I should say. By the way, they were holding like crazy mm-hmm. defensive holding, but you know we're the ones that the refs chief for, right? right? Nobody's getting open. You're, you've gone through a quarter and a half of this now, and they're not successful. So do they ever switch? Do they ever go back to the run? Do they go to the short pass? The, you know, like, no. No, we're just going to keep up with the same long-developing plays or design quarterback runs or bubble screens. And those are the three things we do, and that's it. That's crazy to me. Like, what is Brian Johnson thinking not changing the game? Like, not... Not switch, not adjusting. Yeah, you know it, it's it's a huge disappointment to me today. Nick Sirianni said that, or, or, or insinuated that he was calling the plays. I don't buy it. I think he's covering for the guy. Um, you know, Desai. Of course, you want to see him do a better job at adjusting. I just, I have, 
like an issue laying it all on the defense's plate when the offense was so bad that they spent so much time on the field. It's like, of course, they put up a ton of points. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it's a. I think there's like three major points that that were my takeaways. Uh, the first of which is my fear, kind of. If you ever perform like that against San Francisco, you're going to lose the game. Uh, that was that was probably an outlier game. Same way that the NFC Championship game was an outlier game. I think if these teams play again in the playoffs, I think they probably will. Uh, I wonder if it looks more tightly tightly contested, but I I think that that's you're going to have to beat good teams to get to the Super Bowl, uh, and and this is just kind of the team that you're probably going to have to go through. This and Dallas are the teams you're going to have to beat. So I mean I don't I think that the this team has the talent to beat anybody in the NFL. So that that's kind of my first takeaway is like it doesn't just because of the performance on Sunday doesn't mean that they aren't a Super Bowl caliber team. And then there's things that I look back at that game and, you know, you see three plays that kind of would have changed everything. The Eagles, two things. First, start off the game, drive down the field, settle for a field goal. Your defense comes out hot, fired up, three and out. You get another field goal, hot, fired up, three and out. And then the you know the Eagles eventually pin them deep, but San Fran walks it down the field and it's seven six. And kind of at that moment, I had like a feeling in the pit of my stomach, like uh oh, this is this isn't going to be their day. It just it was one of those things where like very quickly, everything that I was worried about that I was kind of ignoring when we were talking about it last week, where we match up well and all these things. What I wasn't thinking about, and this is kind of like my biggest takeaway, is the Eagles just came came off the bye, played Monday night against. Kansas City, in Kansas City, emotional game against the Super Bowl champs, rematch of the Super Bowl, turnaround, short week, you play an overtime thriller with the Bills, one of the best performances I've ever seen a quarterback have on both sides of the ball of the year, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, and then you get San Francisco on a mini-buy coming into the link in the situation where they are emotionally charged up, circled this game for a year, waiting to play this game, and you would hope that the Eagles would have enough to get up for the game, but I think everything else kind of caught up, and unfortunately, it's not changing this week because Dallas is also coming off a mini-buy, and I can understand the NFL schedule makers wanting to put these games together, and you know, a, a gauntlet is a gauntlet, and you're going to have the year end with two Giants games, so you know, a give and take, but the, the mini-buys to me, were something that I didn't think about. And after watching the game, I was kind of sitting there. Uh, my uncle's friend, Ronnie, uh, likes to gamble. Obviously, you know, we do the gambling corner. And I said, you know, if I would have thought about this from a perspective of not an Eagles fan, I would have said I would put my house on San Francisco because the game means so much to them and the Eagles are just coming off a, a game where they defense played 65 snaps. All that to be said... A lot of excuses for the Eagles to lose, but they lost so bad that it kind of... Like, if they lost a hard-fought game, then all this would feel a lot better. But I'm having trouble taking this for what it was, like, just purely, like, the San Francisco 49ers are 35 points better. I think the Eagles are going through this gauntlet better than some people would have expected. If they win, if they beat... If they win one of the next two, they're four and two in the gauntlet, and I think anybody would have taken the quote gauntlet going four and two. If you beat Dallas, 
you know, I, th- I you could go five and one because I think you'll beat Seattle if you if you uh, if they beat, beat Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, what what it does to me now is it's like everybody can have a bad week. In fact, most NFL teams are going to have multiple. You know, yeah. look at the year. I mean, the Bills I think are probably one of the better teams in the AFC. They may not make the playoffs because they had a couple of games where they just didn't have their their A game. So I'm willing to like. It's almost like all the emotions that I could be having right now that I've like had Monday and Tuesday that I would normally be like, fuck, real bad situation, pressing the panic button. All of those emotions have now just pushed, like been pushed one week ahead. And now I have to, I'll like be double as disappointed and double as nervous if they lose to Dallas, which is like a reality that I think most Eagles fans are starting to like think is like this is the best I've seen Dallas look in a long time and I'm starting to worry about the Eagles but I don't know it's it's hard to I can't get a good read on it because of all the extenuating circumstances of it on top of like if you score on those first two drives which if you do a lot of things a lot of things change obviously but it's not like we didn't have the ball in the red zone and then immediately stop them and then get the ball in the red zone again and if you if you're 14 nothing and now they got to do exactly what they were doing. It probably looks a little differently. You can pin your ears back, and then you can ride that pass rush. But the offense kind of – I think the offense let down the defense who uh, basically played one and a half games a week prior yeah. coming off a of short rest and, and kind of just – the whole team compromised each other, and you needed to play a perfect game against San Fran the way that they were going to be coming in. Yeah, and in my mind, that comes back to coaching. Yeah. I mean, that's – you. they were unprepared for a, game, a home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, against an opponent that you knew had this game circled. I yeah. mean, this was this was the Niners Super Bowl. You know, yeah. I mean, I think we should. I honestly think we should take a minute and congratulate the 49ers <laughs> for retroactively winning the NFC Championship last year. Mm-hmm. And I've heard rumors. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard rumors that the NFL is actually thinking about granting them the Lombardi from last year, taking it away from KC because they beat us so bad that they definitely would have beat KC. Well, that's definitely what some of their fans have been kind of clamoring for they've been yeah. insane people debo samuel all respect to him he stood on business Before i don't respect him all i think he's a fucking cornball you can be a corny fucking still play yeah, in the nfl i mean that's true you, you can know, be he, a talented player i give him respect good player. That he talked all that shit and then proceeded to score three touchdowns but it just goes to show you can be you can be a multi-millionaire and still be and, a prick and a fucking <laughs> like prick. like world-class athlete and still be a fucking dork Right. So 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 in terms of moving forward I have one big concern and and curious to see if there's any concerns moving forward. I think that getting healthy is going to be a big part getting that linebacking core and so, like something better than whatever it was on Sunday. But I think this has just shown that the Eagles need to take care of business or if they find out that they're not they're not there, and they're not going to get that first round by. They need to consider like we we don't care if we're two or five. Like I think the difference between the two seed and the five seed is is not going to be as as important as resting your guys last week of the season. You need to somehow figure out a way that we can get Jalen Hurts and this knee healthy because this is this is now he plays great with Buffalo, and it looks like because of that extra you know he had a couple QB draws he think he looked like he's back to normal and then it's same old thing it's like I'm having trouble I mean I'm sure you've seen the take David Carr tried to try to make what is he talking about I so so here's here's we gotta be real here I think that it's ridiculous I think that his point 
makes sense though. That no. Okay, so here's hear me out. Hear me out. The Eagles with Jalen Hurts playing this way are significantly less likely to make it to the Super Bowl than if Jalen Hurts is able to run. Now, do the Eagles know more than David Carr and all of us combined in terms of where his knee is at? If they knew that it would only take a couple of weeks and his knee would be fine, he probably would have taken those two weeks earlier in the season. But at the same time, the point, not the Mariota would play better, but Jalen Hurts' health to me is now paramount. And this week, probably, you can turn it on a dime and say, if you win this week, you probably have control uh, control of getting the one seed. But I'm just I'm starting to worry that this team is going to be too banged up come playoffs that it, it won't matter if you're the one seed or not. No, I don't agree with that at all. I he's got to play. He's your starting quarterback. You know what that does to a team if the quarterback gets benched. Good luck trying to convince the rest of them who are going out there putting their bodies That's on the true. line every week that. No, no, we're not giving up. We're not throwing in a towel. No, it's it's nothing. We're just saving him for the playoffs. You don't do that with a quarterback. He's the leader of your team. Mm-hmm. These guys get up for him first, and maybe him only. He's the guy. He's the leader. You can't take him out of the game in, in favor of Marcus Mariota. And beyond that, his issues the last month or whatever, whenever he's been bad, it hasn't been because of the knee. It's been because... He hasn't trusted his offensive line. He had so much time last week he in the did. pocket. He did. And he was bouncing around, running, getting happy feet again because nothing was coming open down the field. Mm-hmm. And he he wasn't. He just didn't seem like he had trust. He didn't trust Jack, uh, 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 Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll. To, mm-hmm. Multiple times, he didn't throw him the ball. There's, there's no Goddard. There's nothing in the seam. The play calls aren't conducive to getting the ball out quickly. They're all, like I said, these long-developing plays. He's back there. In no man's land, with nothing to do. He can't take off and run every single time. That's stupid. He's got to throw the ball, but nobody's open. Or, or you know, we talk about like great coordinators scheming guys open. Yeah, setting their players up for success. Why do you think Brock Purdy's doing so good? You think he's that yeah. good? No. Or did he not throw a single pass? Or he didn't even attempt a pass over fifteen yards last week because Kyle Shanahan knows what he's working with, and he creates a game plan and an offense that works in the confines of who those players are. It seems to me that the Eagles don't do that. And we've been saying that all year. Yeah. You know, that's nothing new. That's not a revelation. We've been muscling our way through these games based on talent. You're going to run into a team, like you did this week, that's got as much talent as you. And we saw the, our biggest fear, which was being thoroughly outcoached. They were outcoached. They were outprepared. You know... Are we getting off the bandwagon? Of course not. We live and die by oh, the birds. Yeah, we, yeah. we love them. But we know what we saw. They were not ready for that fucking game. And, you know, it's it's just really disappointing, man. Like I I'm giving Desai a little more a little more rope here, you know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not like too hard on the defense considering everything that you just said. You know, with they played a ton of snaps last week and it's three games in thirteen days. And that's all, I, I understand all of that. And I, I also think we did not have a fucking good referee day either. And I'm not saying that it's that, that that's the fault, but there were two that I can think of early in the game, really bad, obvious defensive holding calls downfield that were just so obvious to me on A.J. Brown. And it's like, man, like, that's 14. That's yeah. 14 points. Yeah. You no. know? And, was- and I do think it changes the game. I, I, I everything comes back to it's like yes I, 
I feel like I'm coping so bad, but I can't, like, when I walked out of that game, I did at the moment was like, I want him again in Philly, and I think we, we, we it's a diff- completely mm. different game, because I, I felt like the minute they kicked that second field goal, I went, that's not, not our day. Yeah. Like, and like, no matter what happened from there on, it was like, oh, okay, we should be up 14 nothing. we're not, can't do that against a good team. You can't do what you got away with all year to good teams, and they need to figure out over the next, you know, however many, what was it, seven weeks left in the season that they need to figure out what they need to do to to be executing in the red zone. It's not seven. It's like five, six, three. What week is it? We're in week. It's five more weeks. It's the three, yeah, 14, three games 15, at the 16, end, 17, and then we got two, more, weeks, two yeah. more hard ones. So they need to figure out a lot of these. It's just... To me, it just feels like they're not as disciplined as they were last year. They're not as effective as they were last year. But then, when you look at them on paper, they're they're similar. They're still very similar teams. So it's like they're they're becoming more and more difficult for me to, I guess, process. Yeah, I, as this I think. Year goes along. Listen, stats are the biggest liar in sports, mm-hmm. and the eye test tells us that they're succeeding, but they're not succeeding in the same way. Yeah. Um. You know, and what's changed about the formula? Steichen coordinators. Yeah. You know, and, I, I'm fine with this. Like, I think Gannon was, was you know, I, yeah, not I think, good. But, you know, the the stats were there. Yeah. The stats Me, were, meanwhile, offensively, we're absolutely missing Shane Steichen. The RPO game isn't what it used to be. They they seem to have no ability to get guys open in space. They they don't adjust on the fly, the offense. I mean, I mean, what is, what's going on? I think, I think the biggest thing is this week at least, I think they really missed Dallas Goddard. I mean, to a degree that it didn't really show in in the last couple of games because it was so apparent that Stoll like had one or two plays. I think a week ago where he kind of looked like Goddard got that open, mm-hmm. you know, that big gain. But Dallas Goddard there allows for Fred Warner to focus more in on him. You need Fred Warner focusing in on Dallas Goddard. Now there's a one less guy buzzing around the center of the field that is taking away opportunities for Smith on those daggers that they love to run and, and AJ Brown, you know, anything across the middle of the field is now more focused to the receivers. And it's like, I didn't think a sand in a, in the watch would be such a big issue for the Eagles because of how talented they are. But it was clear that like Goddard is such a key piece because of how much of a threat he is uh, as a receiver, as well as how good he is in the blocking game for the running game, which you know, nine runs, nine running back runs, although all of them were ineffective, to me is unacceptable. I mean, you have to, you yeah, have to no. stick to the run because the run is so key to eating the clock. Or if you're gonna if you're gonna be passing the ball, you're gonna have to do some more shallow stuff to, in terms of like running a screen, like slow down the game because the game was getting away from them, and the Eagles just kind of. They they helped San Francisco play. They played San Francisco's game. I guess is the best way to put it. They yeah. went in and said, "Let we'll we'll try to let you, we'll try to stop you on third and manageable, and we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball." When clearly, I mean, with that pass rush that they have, the way that the offensive line dominated, I couldn't help but think this was like by design by San Francisco because of how talented they are, and it felt like they got no pressure. They were daring the Eagles not to run and to pass the ball, and we were taking that bait. And if San Francisco is happy that we're doing it, then there's a problem there. So all that to be said, a ton of stuff that they can work on, but it does feel fixable. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel... I think everything changes this week 
you know, the d- defense is going to look like shit again, I think, against Dak the way he's playing. And you basically have to say to your offense, you got Goddard back. Let's, you know, you guys got to win this game for us. I, I can't see any way that the defense is going to be able to pull out like a Miami out of their hat. I just, I, I like a Miami game or they had another game where they looked good, but it's just, they're, the talent isn't there, and you you don't put resources in linebacker and in these places. You don't you don't pay safety the way that you would want to because you have all these uh, weapons on offense, and that's where you're investing your time and effort. So the things that you're investing in have to come you know come through for you in games like this. Yeah, there's that you have to beat your you have to beat the team with your strengths. You can't expect your weaknesses to not be exploited against well coached teams. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you gave them the ability to dink and dunk down the field because mm-hmm. they didn't need points and they didn't need them quick. Yeah. And we weren't scoring. I mean, and the game didn't really get out of hand until, like, I would say the third quarter because even though we were losing, there was a minute where we were kind of surging back a little bit and then Debo had that big one mm-hmm. over the middle that he took home and that's when, like, to me, that's when I was like, oh, that's a dagger. It's yeah. it's all over. The Debo touchdown after the big Dom yeah. situation. Yeah. Which, the big Dom thing was was hilarious, but I think it's been talked ad nauseum. And yeah. it's like, like I don't, I don't really have a crazy take on it because, like, we were talking about Big Dom. We talk about Big Dom, yeah, pretty like, often, pretty often. We're, we're Big Dom guys, uh, so like, I thought it was funny, but when they scored, I was like, all right, that's the spark they need it, and Debo just came right back, and I think, yeah. I think a lot of that tackling issue where like Seth Joyner had kind of wrung him out. I think that that is more of a product of the the whatever it's the f- third game in 20 18 days or something 13 like that 13 days 13 third game in 13 days that's what that's what i read so the monday night and then 7 day, 6 days later yeah yeah and then so, 7 yeah. days after that so i mean that's i think that that's going to be and you've been spending like slay and all these people were spending their time trying to tackle like Travis the Travis Kelseys of the world and the Josh Allens i mean this the hits are the hits are stacking up for them, and I thought that, that that's kind of what happened. I thought they just were were so flat tackling. Like, things that I think are all a, a product of that short, that quick turnaround kind of caught up to them, too. Yeah. But at the same time, if you execute early, you can ride on that. And they, they had their opportunity. Yeah, it changes everything. The, the game's totally different, and sometimes you get rolled. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, listen— Weird things happen in the NFL. Kansas City lost to Green Bay this week. Yeah. You know, like, things happen. We saw Miami put up 70 against Denver, and Denver's been good Good since since. that game. You know, weird things happen in the NFL. You know, again, like, I don't know who would win if we played again. I don't think it would be like that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we'll probably have an opportunity to find out. The question is, where's it going to be? And that's why this one stings so much for me. Of course, I didn't want to lose because they were fucking crying for a year. Mm -hmm. It was so, like, honestly, weirdo shit. Like, they they were were really weird. They were really weird about it. So, of course, I didn't want to lose to, like, them. But the most important thing was the seeding was so important Mm -hmm. and you know this made your life a lot easier yeah like this really puts it in question now you're staring down the barrel of a cowboys game that might mean a lot yeah it might mean a ton in the long run and every you know going into it it's like oh we can split with dallas like you pretty much expect to split with dallas every year at least i do Mm -hmm. and now you have to run the table on the nfc east you you already beat washington twice that's great you have to sweep dallas which is fucking hard yeah, and then you have to sweep the Giants, who are probably playing spoiler at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, 
should win those games, but you're you're yeah. It's it's hard. It's it, they're going to they're going to play you tough. You're a much better team than the Commanders. They played you tough twice. Yeah, like really fucking tough, right? So it's it's going to be fucking difficult, man. And I would really like to not be in this position, but at the end of the day, we're ten two, mm-hmm. and you know I think if you told anybody, hey, we're ten and two, we lost one to the Cowboys, one or we lost uh we lost one to the Niners, one to the Jets. At that time, at the beginning of the year, I think that's what we had. I had I think, us beat. I think we had us beat the Niners. I think we had us beating the Niners and splitting with Dallas. Yeah, she just had to flip that. So I want to run this by you, and this was a take that I formulated earlier. Tell me how insane it sounds, because it, oh, boy, stick with me here. Go ahead. Okay, so the Eagles are now sixty percent chance to to get the one seed, um, and then I bet it's like probably evenly distributed between the two and the five, because if you're losing out of the one, you're probably going to fall out of the... Yeah. So two is, two is like, my preferred seed, and here's why. If Over one? Over one. Okay, so, oh, th- th- okay. so here's why. You have the Niners, they get the bye, one over, first overall seed. The Niners would then have to play nobody super wildcard weekend or whatever you want to call it. The Eagles would play... The Eagles are the two seed. They would play the seven seed, which is likely going to be Green Bay, Seattle, one of those teams at home. Mm-hmm. Think that's a win. Don't love playing it, but think that's a win. The NFC South winning team will play the Cowboys as the five seed. The Cowboys win that game. The three and the six seed play, which is going to be the Lions and whoever the Lions play. The NFC playoffs or the NFL playoffs reseed. So the one seed, San Fran, has to play the Cowboys in San Fran. We get to we get to play the Lions in Philly. So the path to the Super Bowl would be San Fran and then the Lions in Philly and whoever the seven seed is in Philly. As opposed to you're the one seed. You would have to play Dallas in Philly. In this situation, you've already beaten Dallas twice, so now this is the third time, and it's really hard to beat a team three times. That's assuming Dallas wins its first playoff game. I think that they are going to shit pump whoever the four seed is because it's the it's the AFC South team. It's going to be oh, it's, it's going to be Atlanta, Atlanta, likely. Yeah, they'll stomp Atlanta. So they stomp Atlanta. So now, so now you beat Dallas, division rival. Then you have to play. So you get the bye, but then you have to beat Dallas and San Fran. Not that it's impossible. But that is a tough, tough, tough road as compared to beating Seattle and Detroit. Seattle and Detroit, both in Philly. And then then now we're at the NFC Championship game, which I don't know how much of a difference uh, San Fran versus Philly is in that point. But I'm just saying I think a path to the Super Bowl through Dallas and San Fran sounds harder to me than through one of those two teams and... Uh, you know, the teams that we talked about. The only issue is Lions defense is soft, and they could foreseeably lose to that six seed, and then this whole thing blows up, and you still have to go through it. Uh, like last year when New York beat mm. the Vikings. We avoided Dallas, and then Dallas played San Fran. So two seed is 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 still like, uh, probably the bye means the most important thing in, in having to win two games instead of three. But I'm just saying, for people that are mentally preparing to cope, 
And I was thinking this when the Eagles were like in the driver's seat of the one seed that I was like, I don't know if I really want to play Dallas and San Fran to get to the Super Bowl as opposed to like maybe this easier route. But my luck, what would happen is probably my my thinking is I, I hear what you're saying. Right. I, it's, it's not, not that not, it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. but my thinking is uh the fact that anything can happen any week yeah. in the NFL, um, I I can't like not only can I not just like assume wins, but and for that reason, like having a week off, yeah, massive. Like everybody else has to go break their balls, not us. We can we can prepare, we can get healthy. To me, that's a big thing, especially with what you were just talking about with the Jalen Hurts yeah. injury and us getting healthy and everything. But you know, even still, there's no guarantee by the same token that we would have to even play both of those teams. We don't know. Anything can happen any week. San Fran could get knocked out by Detroit or whoever. Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, honestly, I'll be, to be frank with you, there's a little part of me that wants to see San Fran again. Yeah, I you definitely I mean? want to see San Fran again. I mean, there's a part of me that I totally see that. My brain, mainly, with Dallas, not... Dallas is good, and I I have to come to terms with that, and I hate Dallas. But the world that I would have to live in if the Eagles ever lost to Dallas in the playoffs, like I I can't my my body can't handle that. Like I, yeah. I like not that I'm afraid of playing them, but like like you said, anything could happen on a Sunday. Any any given Sunday, you know, could you know twenty five percent chance say that the Eagles uh, lose. Well, that's still like one in every four, and I don't want to be in the one world where I have to spend my whole off season thinking about how Dallas beat us in the playoffs. So yeah, because I won't hear the end of it. Right, my Twitter. I will have to delete Twitter. But yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, man. I, I don't necessarily. I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't agree for the reasons I just stated, but I I do see your point. I don't I don't think you're you know wrong for thinking it um it'd be so much easier if the two buy system was still in place because then the two seed is actually by far the the better situation yeah but here's the thing with dallas uh i think you're gonna see i think this week against the eagles will be interesting but i i think that the eagles are still i think they're gonna reel a little bit i'm a little nervous about this game because i think the it's still another mini buy. It's it's a team you've already played once. It's at, in Dallas. Like it's a tough game to win, generally. But then Dallas has uh, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. So they're going to go through their gauntlet, and we're going to see what they are. And I'm going to feel a lot better about how I view Dallas. San Fran has to play Buffalo. Oh no, Baltimore. They have to play Baltimore. So yeah, there's there's some tough, tough matchups left for for everybody. But I think uh, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I'm interested. I wish I could fast forward to Sunday for the next month and just watch these games because I'm very curious to see what it looks like. And I can't really, I, like I said, I can't get a read on this team because I, the um, the stats are lying to me. My eye test is telling me that they're not quite what they were last year. But then my eye test is also saying like football's a weird game and like a Brandon Ayuk drop and a a, a faulty offsides penalty and, and two touchdowns early. Like the Eagles could be like just just as easily up twenty one three. You know what? We were talking about the refs and I don't know how I didn't bring up the, the Josh Sweat penalty that, that gave them a free touchdown. And the, and the touchdown that wasn't a touchdown because that ball moves. Uh, and Jalen Hurts, who is scrambling 
in the wet field for the time that they're going to make, try to make it and slips. Ten, and slips, which like I feel like I've never seen Jalen Hurts do this like recently because usually he just seems to escape. It's just that was just a yeah. They're just weird things that weird happen that aren't your day. I will say though. I know you're going to hate me for it. I think the IU touchdown was a touchdown. You didn't? Okay. I wouldn't wouldn't have called that back. Okay. I probably wouldn't have called it a touchdown on the field, and at that point I was probably pissed off and begged it. Whatever they called on the field, I would have stuck with. If they they would have said incomplete and then showed the replay, Mm -hmm. I would have probably said... It's probably a touchdown, but it, you can't overturn it. And it, it it's the same both ways. I'm not mad at that. I'm really mad at the Josh Sweat one that I somehow forgot about. I'm really mad at the no defensive holding calls that would have been touchdowns on, on A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another really bad um, P.I. down the field that they didn't call. He was in, uh, I think it was, jo- uh, no, I think it was Quez Watkins' face maybe. I mean, like, obviously not making a play oh, yeah, for the yeah, ball. Yeah. I, I do remember that, the, the, where he's playing into his chest. And yeah. That, and I think that would have been – that's probably their third drive. I mean, there was a lot of plays that, where – I can think of, like, at least 14 real points that the Eagles would have had and seven points that the Niners, San Fran yeah. wouldn't have had. Right. So, I mean, again – I hate to be the, the like, conspiracy theory fan, but – I don't. The, I don't the, think the, it's, I the don't, NFL. No. Not that it was anything, but it's not nothing that the NFL definitely is going to have amazing ratings on Sunday that they would have had anyway. But now you're you're this no, game means it is a whole nothing. lot more. If the it Eagles, is nothing. I don't. The, know. the Eagles know. Niners game was the biggest draw of the whole year. <sighs> the, the it was the biggest draw of the whole year. And maybe and I just didn't want to have. I'm Roger only. I really am only bringing up the refs. I'm not saying that the refs lost us the game. I'm not. I'm just saying. These things happen every week, and every single time it seems it like, like yeah. you know people are like, "Oh, the Eagles—they're cheating for the Eagles. They're cheating for the Eagles." We got had this week. Yeah. We got the, the refs crushed us. They didn't help us at all. I'm not blaming them because I'm not a fucking pussy, right? But but like, let's be real here. Sometimes the calls were bad. Sometimes you're on the receiving end of mm-hmm. bad call. I mean, it just fucking happens, man. And and I'm I wouldn't be surprised. And this is not saying that the refs are leaning one way or the other. This is saying that I'm sure that Kyle Shanahan said, you better watch Sweat because I've seen him offsides a hundred times on, on this. He lines up in the neutral zone. And I'm sure that they heard everybody complaining the last four last month about how the Eagles are getting friendly whistles. I'm not saying that they're doing it intentionally, but there's definitely a world where it's like, okay, we need to be more aware of this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's human nature. Yeah, I can see that. It's just, it's, it's, it is going to even out. It always evens out. So bitching about the refs is just insane. Just like San Fran bitching about losing their quarterback as if they would have had a third one, it would have mattered. Yeah. So yeah. just all around, I don't want to partake in loser behavior, so I will not. Yeah, I, again. But I'm just saying just that to be other clear. people would partake in loser behavior, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, again, like just to be clear, I'm not saying like we only lost because of the refs. I'm saying we were on the wrong end of some bad calls, and it happens every week. And there are times where we're on the good end. There are times where we're on the bad end. It happens. It's not an excuse for winning or losing. Um, it's just part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a tough game, man. That was that was painful to watch. It is gross. It was like looking back on the emotions. Like I don't, I don't know if you ever heard Theo Vaughn says like I'm, I'm not I'm not a racist at all, except for when I'm driving. <laughs> you, you know that? I was, oh man! I was like I was like I'm not a scumbag Eagles fan. 
except for when we're playing the 49ers. Because I was like, yeah. every time Christian McCafferty touched the ball, I was like, break his fucking neck. Yeah. Lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. As if, look, look, Raiden. Raiden comes out and then kills him. <laughs> my no, uncle was like, that, my uncle's like, that's when he's on my fantasy team. I was like, he's on my fantasy team. I don't care. I'll sacrifice him. I don't care. I would, I would give up. I would. I can't. It's not even a question that I would give up fantasy wins for Eagles wins. I mean, oh, what are easily. we talking about here? Yeah, it's 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 crazy how many fantasy losses I would give up. I would go. I would go winless in every single fantasy league that I'm in for the Eagles to win like fourteen games. I don't want to. I know fantasy doesn't mean anything, uh, but I feel like in our in our ten man league, the slime ball league, mm. that shit. That shit means something. I think that that's that's established something because I'm making the playoffs for the first time in like five years, and I feel exactly how the Buffalo Bills did when Tyrod Taylor took them to the playoffs. Like I don't even care. I'm like, I, I don't. I, I'm just so excited to be here. Like I can't believe I beat Alberti. I'm, like my team's really clicking. I feel like I feel good. I want to get smoked in the first round by Dude, by pressure zone boy. Speaking of that, I really really need you. To be Pinvaney this week, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying. I'm take. I'm. I'm let. I let him know this week. I said, "Hey, if you beat me, you make it into the playoffs." No, yeah. no. I have to lose for him to make it. Okay. So if I lose, if we both lose, I make it. Okay. If I win, I make it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Winning, you're in. And if he loses, you're in. If he, if as long as he loses, I'm in because I can't go. I, I where I'm in sixth. He's in seventh. Nobody else can catch either of us. Mm-hmm. And um, I have the tiebreaker on them. Yeah, I got to look at both of your teams and decide which one I'd play least. Um, let me tell you something. I'll fucking kill you. I'm just saying, come Sunday, if you're not Sunday night, your team's not looking good. I'm down the shore. Panvini's staying at 308. He offers me five beers. You're going to have to at least offer six. And then we open I'll, the bidding I'll war. Offer, here's what I'll offer you. I'll offer you, I'm not going to fill a bottle up with concrete. <laughs> and <laughs> and bash you in the head. head with it. And then you just see Dak sitting on my bench. Just, oh, what a sin. It would be a real shame. My final offer is, I will kill you. Okay. Don't, don't play I, with me. <laughs> I will have to take both. All. Anthony offered me five beers, uh, but he said, I got to start Gardner Minshew this week. And I was like, oh, well, I don't even think I could. Ma- I don't even think if we wanted to collude that I could make this collusion look kosher you know what's what's fucked up is i think that in in like a like let's say you're in a league with people like you don't really know like we're in that chaos crew league mm-hmm. i think it's a reasonable strategy right in a league with people you don't know yeah. but if you if if like we're all best friends right and like the two bestest bestie friends get together and keep out the third best friend. no no i couldn't happen. do that if can't you happen. were if you were zach oh i would uh, do it with zach boo, I, would, boo, oh, I would so do boo it in a minute wouldn't think twice. Those two, I would even do it to Connor. I would do it to Connor. I don't think I would do it to Connor because you know the pain of losing to Connor is. I hate losing to Connor. See, everybody has one of those. Yeah, we all we all have one. Uh, Alberti would have been mine, but I beat him mm. this week. But you know what Alberti does? He does the good game like five minutes. I in, hate it, and I I'm like, I'm like, it. I know you're. Would get that juju out of there. Yeah, and then the uh, the conquest league. I have. I should make. The, the get the one seed the buy, but I'm so nervous that I want to like sit everybody and end up in the third seed so I don't lose any of my players. Like that that league is also fucking me up. Like I want to rest my starters for some that reason. That league's insane. Uh, 
But anyway, any any other points on uh, the Eagles uh, that you want to get to before we move into the big signing this week? Well, yeah, I mean, the, okay, well, you beat me to it. Um, I was going to say they had a big signing this week. Um, <laughs> I, as far as, like, health goes, too, I think I want to, like, really quickly touch on that. I got the Wednesday injury report you right see here. see some good news here. Um, Dallas Goddard, full, full participant, participant today. That's the big one that I wanted to talk about. Thank God, because we obviously need him desperately. Shout out Anthony Panvini's uncle, Kirk, not Ricky. He built the arm guard that you will see Dallas Goddard wearing on Sunday to protect his forearm. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's crazy. It's like it's like the embryos split, and they're not twins. They they're like years apart. <laughs> but like it's like almost like Ricky left some extra brain in there, and. <laughs> And and Kirk got it, and Kirk's like, I know how to make poly polyurethane molds for your forearm. And, and Ricky walked into Anthony's house, put both hands over his head, and went, Uncle Ricky. Uh, so I mean, it's a fair trade. I take that. I take that deal. I love Uncle Ricky. Uncle Ricky, he's funny, man. Yeah, my mom. Uh, so he used to date my aunt way back in the day. My mom Tough years scene. later was like. Still, every time I say Uncle Ricky, she's like, he was always nice. He would knock on the door and ask questions like, does this tie look good? It's th- three in the afternoon, <laughs> randomly knocking on our door asking. I don't know why he has it. Uh, but, you know, just he's a funny guy. That uh, dude is he, that dude is manic. I mean, he is truly insane. Yeah, I love him. Uh, so anything else there? Uh, uh, well, you know, Fletcher Cox, Zach Cunningham, both limited today. Again, it's Wednesday. Um, Cunningham was out this week, though, right? He was out this past week. I thought it was going to be multiple weeks, but is so is he? Tra- Ev- evidently not. I mean, he was limited with a hamstring issue. Okay. okay. Um, Fletcher Cox, groin limited participant again. It's Hopefully. Wednesday, my dudes. Uh, Julio Jones and Darius Slay Wednesdays did not practice. Okay. Yeah, Darius Slay literally says rest slash knee, so they just gave him the day off, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's the injury report I wanted to talk about. And, of course, you wanted to let us all know about a big signing this week. Big signing. Uh, if you are waking up from a coma, it's the biggest signing ever from three years ago. However, uh, the Eagles did sign Shaq Leonard. I think that if Shaq Leonard was literally dead, uh, his corpse would still do a better job than Nicholas Morrow did last week. Uh, like, I think Debo would, have, would trip over him. So I think anybody's an upgrade. Uh, I am tempering expectations for Shaq Leonard because there's a reason that he was available. Uh, he, I think he had two back surgeries in, like, yeah. five months last year, trying to get back to the player that he once was, which was, like, a four-time, four, four-time All-Pro. Really good player. Yeah. Um, but I think what he will bring to this team – even though he wasn't playing on the Colts as much as you would like to, I think that because of his like football IQ, I think he will bring something, not the athleticism that he once was or athlete that he once was, but I think what he'll bring is some sort of a stabilizing factor where uh, it won't be a uh, field day on our linebackers. I think he will be slightly below average, which is still an upgrade to what we were dealing with last week. Yeah. Um you know, I'm fine with having him here. I do think that he's clearly slowed down. I mean, it's it's not really debatable. He's yeah. not the same player he was a few years ago. Um, but I agree. I don't think we can get much worse in the linebacking category, especially with N'Kobe Dean out. Um, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that he'll be a positive force for the team. But 
there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, you know, of course, like, you know, you watch your, your defense get beat to death in the middle, and you're like, okay, we got to go do something, but they need a coverage linebacker. Right. And, like, that's not, that's not what Darius Leonard can do, especially at this stage of his career. And so, like, I wonder if this is just going to, like, there's, I'm a little afraid it's just going to be, like, more of the same. Yeah. You know? I think the bigger pickup will be if they can somehow get Sue back in the building. Not that I think it would be huge, but I think cycling in those tackles again, keeping a fresh defensive line, will cover up more than what Shaq Leonard's going to be able to cover up. But, again, we don't know what, I, what Sue looks like, but he looked good last year, you know, all throughout the playoffs. So I don't I'm know, hoping dude, that he's like, the same way. I got to tell you, like, I don't know if that's the answer at this point. Because, like, the the answer to that has been, Okay, quick hitters. Yeah, we'll just hit you with quick hitters. We'll, we'll we'll take advantage of the soft coverage in the middle of the field and your bad safeties, and that's what we're gonna do. I mean, the safeties are horrific in coverage. I mean, I think Reed Blankenship's been a, a pretty nice surprise, and I think he's a good player. He's got a lot of Pro Bowl votes, and I think that's great. But he's great when he roams. He's not great in coverage. You can't rely on him. Uh, Bradley Roby got torched oh, yeah. this week, right? You know, not a linebacker. He's he's in, you know. Uh, uh, nickel, nickel corner. corner, yeah, but Eli Ricks were getting, it was it's just Eli Ricks has a role like you know seeing these guys get get beat just beat up in between the numbers is it's like man that you have to answer that like you cannot solve every defensive problem by just like pouring in defensive linemen and yeah. that's been that's been the strategy for a little while and we're all very excited to have Jalen Carter on this team mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a generational player I'm not complaining about that pick but. And, I'm, and I want to be clear, I'm not even complaining about the Nolan Smith pick, but imagine right now the difference having, like... A, a, Witherspoon, the, the yeah, corner. Yeah, like a corner or having, like, a safety. Um, which call was there from Penn State? I think he was still available. Uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, oh, Joey Porter Jr.? Yes. Yep. I think he was still there. Like, there are guys that would have made a, a more meaningful instant impact and I do think Nolan Smith will be a good player and I, and I am excited to have him on this team but as you're looking forward to fix this it's like you can't just be like just sign more defensive linemen just sign them just sign them draft them whatever like you have to actually address these issues I know they don't want to invest in linebacking and safeties because that's not their philosophy but you have to have like there's got to be like a minimum level that's acceptable to you and they're they're not at that level yeah I think that the issue that I have, and and I, I I'm not gonna I don't want it to come off as like I think Howie is not good. He's very good at his job. Certainly, no, but, no. I, but I I do think that there's something to be said that if you are not going to spend heavy resources in draft capital on linebacker and safety, when you do find somebody cheap as an option like T.J. Edwards who developed and is playing good ball in Chicago, and he, obviously he's not playing this year. I think he I think he's hurt for the year, but you got a good option with with uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, and you had these cheap hits that you could lock up and then have a like a young core of players. And you know for whatever reason, I think T.J. Edwards kind of like you would look at it in a vacuum and you're like, oh well, you can't pay that. I mean, it's not worth it. That's not where we devote our resources. At the same time. Eventually, the chickens are going to come home to roost with those with those like passing it off, passing it off, and you hit on a young player with CJ. I would have preferred make like looking back on it. Obviously, it's you know hindsight's twenty twenty. 
I think that would have been probably the best way to allocate resources this offseason because it would have looked a little di- differently. I think the defense still would be playing not perfect because the linebacking core wouldn't be there, but it would cover up some of these mistakes. And, you know, at the time, I think I was pretty supportive of Howie's decision, so I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, it's it's dumb. But I think that moving forward, if you're not going to invest in these positions, you have to find another way to get replacement level talent because now they're they're falling behind that even um and i mean you have to ask yourself the money that they spent on byard shaq leonard Mm -hmm. and julio jones to cover up these like deficiencies right you could have you could have probably paid tj edwards you could have probably you know i the the cj garner johnson thing i agree with you but also there was some circumstances to that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that we have to consider yeah i think he's i hope he comes back next year like humble, like get he took a little humble pie this year, got his paycheck. Then now the injury thing, maybe that maybe that brings him back, and you know move on from Bayard with that. Um, that might be a pipe dream, but I think unfortunately, what scares me is because I do believe that with a one hundred percent Jalen Hurts, that the strategy of the way this team is built, if I'm like looking at it now, and like this is the team. Jalen Hurts and Brian Johnson figures it out. His injury, you know, isn't as serious, or he's playing at one hundred percent. In this fantasy world, you're playing a game where you're going to score a ton of points. You're going to trust your defensive line to make two or three big plays a game that wrecks drives because a sack can wreck a drive. And then you outscore teams, and then you know the defense is able to pin its ears back, play a certain way. We haven't seen that this year because I think the injury is kind of uh, is is keeping this and and the play calling really is keeping this team from playing the game. They, the Eagles, let me think, the Eagles have not played their game once this year. They've won games, beating people at their own, but they haven't gotten a chance to play the game that this team is designed to play, which is... But Dom, i got to ask you. When is that going to happen? Not even when. What does that game look like? And I don't mean like the the, when they score. What does the Eagles offense, when you watch them play, what do you think a successful Eagles offense looks like? Because I, frankly, have no idea. Yeah, I, I do mean, not like, know. Like scoring a ton of points is the answer, but how do no, they but- how do they score those points? Because they're living on explosives. They aren't showing the the ability to ice games the way that they did because they they haven't. Frankly, they haven't had the opportunity. But I'm not sure if they have the back in the building that allows them to sit on games. Not that Miles Sanders was ever really that back, but he he did a good job at the role last year. They're not good enough in the first half to, yeah. to ice a game. Yeah. They're never in a position to ice a game. And I just I can't I can't tell you anything last year that the Eagles were doing that I would look at this year and say, oh, here's what they were doing last year that they just need to do. It's like it's almost like it's it's like I'm watching a bootleg DVD of what the Eagles twenty twenty two offense was. Like it looks similar. They're trying to do the same thing, but that's not that it's not the same actors. It's like it's, it's a spoof. Yeah, it's it's like it's a question of identity. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this team? Like, yeah, they can beat you a lot of different ways, right? But in an ideal scenario, what are they doing? Last year, you know, they were running the ball down your throat, using their big offensive line, and they were throwing the ball with quick hitters. Mm-hmm. They were getting the ball to their playmakers in space, and then once they reeled you in, they were throwing a deep ball on you at the perimeter. Yeah. This year, it's like the the run gets abandoned five plays in, and then we're just looking for this big. It's like playing Madden. We're looking for this big play. Now the Eagles have been fortunate in that they're talented enough mm-hmm. to win a lot of weeks like that. But 
that like the, the the identity of the team can't be we're going to flip a coin till we get it. Yeah, and that's what that, it's exactly what it is because it's these big plays and there's drives where it all comes together and it looks like oh like I mean the Buffalo game the second half that's what that's what that identity looks like. But I think the problem is, and I I, I will not be surprised if at the end of this year this knee injury is more serious than we think because I think they're not able to run the way that they. They were prepared all year and all offseason to run the ball, uh, ball a very specific way. And probably the offense is built around the movement of Jalen Hurts. And I, I just, I'm wondering where this knee injury came from. Like, something, there's something that I wish we could find out about this team. Like, I would love to know when did that happen? What's the extent of it? Things that we'll never know. But it's like, I wonder how much of that, even Brian Johnson, like, yeah, Brian Johnson is, uh, is definitely not adapting to the situation, but he probably was preparing the whole offseason and probably early in the season thinking, I'm going to get this player and I'm going to be able to do all these things. And it's probably like a third of your playbook is based around the threat of Jalen Hurts running. And now you have to kind of, th- that's probably, it looks so vanilla because it's like you lost a third of your playbook to what you thought you were going to be able to do. Now, that's an excuse for like, the first quarter of the season, I you would think the bye would change yeah. that. You know what I mean? Donald, I, just, I gotta tell you, I don't agree with this take at all. You don't think the injury? You don't think the injury to Jalen Hurts is limiting the offense more? Than, so you think Brian Johnson is like seventy five percent to twenty five percent? Yeah, I okay. I think that the game plan, I think that the play calling is really bad, and I think that the knee. While I do think it, it has definitely hampered Jalen, I think that the like I think they would have worked around the knee. Very well last year. I think they would have yeah. been okay. It, you can ask him to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. He's capable, mm-hmm. right? But instead, if if they were that concerned about the knee and they had, oh, okay, we got to take X amount of plays out because his knee's fucked up, why would the quarterback draw be such a staple in this offense? Yeah. Right? That's not, it's just, that's not what they're, they're not getting away from Jalen moving. They're doing it differently. They're ineffective with the RPO. It used to be, it used to be the RPO was, okay, you know, you know what a standard RPO is. I'm going to read this guy off the edge. I'm going to make a decision. Blah blah blah. And then, if you take away the passing game, I'm going to take off on you. I'm going to break your back that way. Right now, it seems like the it's more vanilla because they either call a designed quarterback run or a pass. Mm-hmm. It used to be we're going to take whatever you give us on every down. Right. Every down, I have an option. I can throw here. I can hand it off. I can take off on my own. And guess what? If you take all that away, like I can take off on my own, you know, design wise. And if you take all that away, I can find space and I can make something happen. Now it's this is a quarterback run. There are no other options. There, this is a pass. There are no other options. And the passes are too centered on the outside. They're too centered on the perimeter. They're way too in love with the the wide receiver screen that can be successful in certain times, but it's been blown up more often than not this year, and it's been called in tough spots. Yeah, you know. So in my, in my mind, like I do think that the injury has had some effect on Jalen. I think that a good coach, a good a good coordinator, finds the right way to work around them, and I think that the knee has become a scapegoat for the failings of the coordinator. Yeah, and I, the only problem that I have with it. And maybe it's because of of the 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 level of talent on this team, and and like not understanding like the Brian Johnson. Like overall, the offense is like even even to the standards of last year, where it's like looking like last year statistically. Take away last year and just like look at the Eagles' offense. The Eagles' offense is like a top ten offense in the league, maybe. Could be could argue top 
you know, top seven, maybe just putting yeah, it. Yeah. So, so I think the, the biggest issue is we saw it look easy last year and now it looks like, although it's still a very good offense, it's like going from, it's very easy to go from a bad offense and be like, okay, this is a bad offense. Here's what we would need to change to this is a very good offense that should be elite and needs to be elite given the, the players on this team, given the talent, given the lack of talent on the defense, you need to be elite week in and week out, and they're not that anymore. How do you get how do you find that? And it's like that is that is such a wider distance between like going from seven to like top three. Whereas you know, moving from 15 to seven wouldn't feel so hard because it feels like it's more concrete things that you can fix. And it's just like, I can't find something specific that I like play calling, but like, what, what do you want him to call instead? You know what I mean? What, what, what do you want to run the ball more? Which, I, yeah. I, I'll I tell guess, you exactly what I'd like. I would like them to not abandon the run so early. Mm-hmm. I would like them to be willing to call more quick hitter, easy passes to you know, when you get want to get a guy in rhythm, they never do that. Yeah, uh, I would like them to use the seam in the middle of the field more. Mm-hmm. They've got the talent to do it. Right. Now, um, I would like them to bring back, uh, like, run more true option plays. Um, I mean, w- should I continue? Like, I'm I'm good with most of those. I mean, it's way better than my idea, which was sign Leglaire at Blunt. <laughs> well, like, because because like that in my mind, I'm like, oh. Because I think that uh, you know Swift is so good in his current role, like they don't have that punch you in the mouth back, which I think would help the running game. So that was like my like I would like that. So I would like like maybe more Boston Scott carries, which is dumb as it is. But to what you're saying, it's like getting the offense in a better rhythm. But I don't. It just it feels easier said than done. Is just where I'm at. And maybe this week they make these adjustments, but. If it's something that would like when we were watching Jalen Hurts a couple years ago, the big issue was he would turn his back while he's get, while while he would have pass rushers. He would bail on the pocket early. Like it was very concrete things. It's like he needs to stay tough in the pocket. He needs to stop turning his back to his offensive line. He needs to do this, 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 and this, and then he will get better. And it's like a very clear path. Whereas this, it's like even though those things are are concrete, it just feels like okay. Then why aren't they implement? Like I don't understand why they're not implementing it. You that, tell me. That's that's the why. Why are they not implementing? I don't understand. I, I also think that the play design is far less creative in general. I mean, that's they're clearly true. they're clearly not getting people open. Mm-hmm. They're clearly not scheming people open. Right. Um. You know, the motion. I I can't. I literally can't remember the last time I saw somebody in motion uh, on the Eagles. I I can't even think of it. And so I'm like, I I, I read this week after the game that. You know, even the the corners, the Eagles corners were saying like, "Oh, like we were, like they were using a lot of, a lot motion, of motion, and we were like a beat, like a beat late, figuring it out, and we were a beat behind." The Eagles don't do that. No, they they line up, they show you what they're doing. If they're in spread, they're passing. If if they're you know if they're whatever, whatever you see, like it's not a trick. Like, yeah. There's there's very few times where I'm like, "Oh, that was that was a really well designed play." You know, instead it's like that that guy AJ Brown made a great play. Devontae Smith yeah. made a great play. Jalen Hurts made a great play. And so I think that the onus is too much on the players right. to make these huge plays. You've got to take some of that pressure off. You've got to be able to say, All right, we're gonna do this, this, and that, and you're gonna have your guy. 
your guy's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, that that just doesn't seem like what's happening. It's almost like they're playing schoolyard ball, where yeah. he's like, okay, I'm going to go. You know, when they hold the ball up, I'm going to go 15 and in, mm. and like, you know, I'm going to beat my guy. I'll probably just beat my guy. Yeah, and I guess part of that definitely is early in the season. It, 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 to me, it goes back to if I can think of like one player, one situation to fix that. Like goes back to Dallas Scotter, where early in the season he wasn't utilized. Then this injury comes up, but when the Eagles' offense looks at its best, it's because they're doing all the stuff that they've been doing. But then there's always one play or two plays where it's like, oh, here's that Dallas Goddard schemed open screen where he's wide open. There's no one around him, and he's going to go for 15 yards, and it's easy. And same thing. The, when the offense looks its best, it's like certain things are hitting, which is like the Dallas Goddard screens and the one or two uh, DeAndre Swift like creative run, like the the sweep that got uh, you know in in Kansas City. So I guess I guess the best thing that could happen is this loss because I think it's going to force them, if nothing else, to they're going to have to get more creative on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, especially with this team coming in against uh, a division rival yeah, Sunday Night you, Football, they better have like a new credit. They better have something yeah. up their sleeve. They got to hit them with something different because it's you know especially especially after you already played them once. Yeah. If the problem is creativity, you're going to play them a second time. They've got the tape, yeah. and they just saw you get your teeth kicked in by a Niners team, and they've got that tape too. And if you think that they're not, they're, if, you, if you think it's not a big Ferguson day. Oh, he's going off. I yeah. mean, they're 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 going to score points. Like, so this is now getting into Dallas Eagles, you know, preview territory. Uh, I, I don't know why. Why do I feel the need to to introduce a segment? It just was flowing. Into Honestly, a- it's good because we should be more compartmentalized. And we just kind of sometimes we just like we get, especially this is the first time I think either of us have really talked about the game. So, but you know, going into Dallas, Dallas is like three points favorite. So they're they're thinking it's just the home field. So they still Vegas sees these teams as equally matched, just as the way that the Eagles were viewed as San Fran and equally matched to them. So that that being said, I think that the Eagles are going to not. They're not able to find anything on the offensive side or defensive side of the ball that is going to stop Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard. The way this offense is running, you are going to have to play the game that you designed your team to win, which is a shootout where your team puts up a ton of points, they put up a ton of points, and your defensive line makes a big play or two to allow you to capitalize on it and make it a 10-point game for most of the game and hopefully win that game that way. I can't see Shaq Leonard making a big enough impact to turn this into a, 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 a top 15 defense, let alone, you know, they're, I think they're like 29th in EPA right now. Even if he was in his prime, he couldn't do it in right. one week. Right. So it, it comes down to, and it should, because this is where your resources are. This is where your, you know, $100 million, the $400 million quarterback is, your your receiving core, your tight end, your your running backs. I mean, the, your, the best unit on your team is your offensive line. This is where all the effort and time in building this team is so that this unit wins you games. And this is a game that it's not a must win, but it feels to it feels like a must win to fans more than I think it does to like and and it will feel like they lost the season if if they lose this game. And then you you know you'll move forward and they'll they'll probably end end the season well. But it feels in this moment at eight. 8.05 on Sunday, people are going to be looking at this game like this is for 
control of the NFC, control of the NFC East, all these things. And, and I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be in that boot. Like I try to have a sensible view to it, but I know in that moment and probably if they lose, I'm going to feel awful for weeks. Yeah, that's, I don't think that's like not sensible at all. I think you're right. The, the stakes in this game it's not going to lose you the season, right? But the stakes are high in this game, you know, for for a multitude of reasons, most of which you just said. I, I'm not momentum is a very real thing. I don't want the Eagles skidding into the playoffs. Yeah, I want them running full speed ahead, right? I don't want them to lose. Oh, like right at the end of the year, you lose a couple. That's 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 rough, especially when it knocks you out of the one seed. Last year they went on a little skid toward the end. They lost Jalen. They lost the game to the Cowboys with Minshew in. They lost the game to the Saints that they never should have lost. Um, and they they didn't look great going in, but they Jalen got healthy. They had the bye week. They were able to come back after the bye, and suddenly they look good again. That's not the case for <laughs> for this year. If you go in and you skid in, and then you got to play, you know. Who knows? Who knows where we Dallas end up? Dallas or, or San Fran? You, you know, at some well, point not, you yeah, got to play one of them. You're going to have to play one of them, and you're probably going to have to play. It's going to be a if tougher you get two, road. Guess what? If you get two, and you got to play, let's say you got to play Detroit. That's not an not, easy not game. An easy game I, you know, yeah. I don't think Detroit. I don't think we're better than Detroit for sure. But that's not an easy game. You got to play. If you got to play Seattle, the Cowboys were just in a fucking dogfight for yeah. their life against Seattle. Yeah, that's true. Barely made it out. Seattle's a scrappy team with some talent. I, you think they can't surprise you? Seattle can show up. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not, in Seattle, I'm, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Seattle over the Eagles, right? But but any given but don't put given your, Sunday. Don't put yourself in a position. I, I think what you're getting at is the Eagles have a very good opportunity against a difficult opponent to make their life a lot easier. For yes, the rest of the season. Yes, they can take a lot off of them because then all the pressure then goes from the Eagles to every other team in the NFC because we're back in control. We're in control in the NFC East if you win this game. And, you know, San Fran's got a couple tough games. You know, they got Seattle. I think it's in San Fran, but it's a, it's a division rival. They kind of own them. They got the Rams, and they got Baltimore. The Eagles, if they take care of this game, they have Seattle, which, is a, which again, is a tough game. But then they got that softer outside, you know, yeah, last Arizona, Giants so twice, yeah. If you win this game... You make those games feel even easier, or you make your life easier if you win this game, which is just what makes it so concerning to me. And beyond me, how the Eagles ended up in a situation which, like, drives me nuts, is that they're playing two of the best teams in the NFC off of mini buys. Like, how did how did you not see that? That drives me insane. Yeah, that is tough, man. And, and <laughs> I mean, and you played the two the two top teams in the AFC. Well. It turns out Buffalo's not, but when you're making the schedule, you know you're like, how do you, how do you fucking? I mean, it I mean, sucks. It was da- and you, pl- da- you Dallas, Dallas first. Dallas, so it was by- Dallas, KC, mm-hmm. Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas. Yeah, yikes! It was rough. I mean, it is rough. I mean, I'm concerned about. I, I don't know. How, how do you feel overall about this game? Do you feel? I feel. I will say this. If there is one positive to being punched in the mouth last week by the Niners, it's that there is no way they're coming into this Cowboys game underestimating anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had been in that, been this close to beating the Niners, right? They come into this Cowboys game, even though they wanted to win that game, they maybe don't do like some 
self-evaluation this week that I think they're going to have to do now. Right. And maybe we see some positive change moving forward in the year and making our lives less stressful as an Eagles fan this year. So my hope is that they say to themselves, okay, clearly we are where we are. We're happy that we have all the wins we have, but clearly at this stage, Mm -hmm. we have to make some adjustments. We have to be better so that we can make a real deep run into the playoffs. And I think the wake-up call last week definitely happened. And so if they're smart, they go into this Cowboys game and they they have some new looks. They have something different. They're they're reaching down into the hat. So I think that's the positive for me. I'm scared to death of this game too, though. I mean, I'm, the Cowboys are a good team. They played us really tough last time. We beat them in the link. Now we got to go to Arlington. We got to play them in Jerry World. It's a different game. Uh, you know, anybody Cowboys fan or Eagles fan that's acting like this is a gimme or they're not scared or not worried at all, they're fucking liars. These are two great teams. This is another heavyweight bout. Hard to beat a team twice, even harder to beat a team three times. So if we win and then we got to see them later, that's tough. Um, But the stakes are high. I think this team is, you know, I I will say one thing, even though this isn't a stat or anything juicy you can really sink your teeth into, this sounds just like radio talk. There is a clutch element, right? And this team, I think, has very obviously got it. Yeah, and and I, I I think if they carry that, you know, into this week, I think that'll be a big boon for them. And I'm just kind of hoping that the coaching gets its gets itself gets it. buttoned up. Yeah, I think that I think that context is important too. If you're an Eagles fan, I know we both felt this way, and you can can you will find out this week that like it feels like the the sky is falling for a team. The problem is. We are so far gone than what we were last year. It's like last year was like, are we good? Are we good? Okay, we're good. Are we good? Are we are we great? Uh, okay, I think we're great. Are, are are we are we Super Bowl content? So you got to feel that progression this year. Like we started off the year, we're great. We're Super Bowl contenders. So anything any week that feels like you're not there, you're not playing to that standard that they set last year. You feel like you're kicking on a you're you're, you're we're picking on them, but because we're not looking for being a good team. We are a good team. We're not looking to be a great team. They're, the Lions, I think, are like a, quote, great team. I don't want to be the Lions. I want to be I want to be a Super Bowl team or nothing else. And I think that because of that, everything feels more painful than it needs to. But it comes down to Super Bowl teams adjust. Just like last year, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. They played Washington. The Washington game was like, here are your glaring weaknesses that you need to make changes to. Your you can't stop the run. Uh, you have a gaping hole in the center of your and and they can take the life out of you. And if we do that, we can beat you. And you know this is what we're going to take away from your offense. This this and this. So we've had a similar situation against the team, and it feels worse because it's a team that you see as like you should be eye level with. Whereas like last year it was like, oh, it's a division game. Like you, you, those things happen in division games. So now it's like we're in the same place we were last year after the Washington game where it's how do you react to this? You now know where you need to fix things, and you kind of were covered up by it. And the same thing happened last year if you think about it. The Houston game was ugly uh, before the Washington game. The Indy game after the Washington game was ugly. There was a lull in the season in the same way. So it's just it's a long season. I think it's just important to see now that you've kind of like 
it's been laid out the same way that it was last year. How do you react to it? Yeah. I think the Houston and the Indy game last year was like easier to swallow for the exact thing you just said, which was that like we didn't see them as teams that we should be like threatened by. Not that you should, not that you should like. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? But it's like, oh, okay, like Houston's giving the Eagles a fight. Houston's not better than the Eagles, but they're giving them a fight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas like this is a, like this was a potential NFC championship preview. And you want to be in that fucking game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's so, it, it it's, it's, it's difficult to put into words because of how much you wanted that game. And it's so crazy because it's like, oh my God, we, we just beat the super, the reigning Super Bowl champs. And what people saw as like a front runner of the Super Bowl. Obviously they're not playing as well, but I mean, they're playing, they were playing good ball last week. They were playing to their, their top top level Buffalo and you get those two games you got the game uh, against Dallas like you're getting the things that you want and then it's just like it feels like it kind of discredits all those things that you were building all this positive momentum and it just is like you, you have to if you're the Eagles let not let this season slip away from you in a way that it could because you can spiral out of like losing these two games and it kind of wipes away a lot of the goodwill that they build up externally and and I think they're too professional and too well coached uh in terms of like Sirianni and and have too many leaders in the building to let it get away from them but the narrative will begin if you lose this game on Sunday which I don't know if it matters to them but fuck is it matters to me Ma- my Monday matters yeah it matters to me too you know what I mean it, it has to matter to them how could it how could it, how could this game not matter I, I mean matter in terms of like I'm going to jump off the third floor of my North Beach condos if we lose. Whereas, like, I think Jalen Hurts will be like, you know, it's got to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, we play to a standard. We got to execute better. And just roll into the. By the way, why are you going down the shore next week? I like I like getting drunk in Wildwood. It's December. Yeah, it's nice down there. I like it. No one's down there. I mean, I'm not judging. They turn off. They turn off all the. Streetlights, wow! Uh, and it's just like a ghost town, and it's like my why do con- they turn off the streetlights? Uh, like so, like there's no green lights; it's just all blinking. Everything's a stop stop sign and wild. Oh, oh, not yeah. streetlights. So, stop stop lights. Streetlights are different. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, they, I'm like, why the fuck? Yeah, it's dark and scary. That's no, what I thought. It's nice, and they're doing they're doing a they're doing like a a jitney crawl. So like they're taking can't people say that word. Jitney is. Fine. No, I'm just kidding. Is it? Imagine if it was just like some archaic way to make fun of Asian people who. Whoa, Dom. I don't. I don't know. What did you? What would you think Jitney would be offensive to? I didn't. I was just fucking with you. But why did you just do a rickshaw motion in front of me? <laughs> the fuck was that? I don't know. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what, why. Why Jitney was offensive. Maybe it's an offensive way to say rickshaw. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even want to be intentionally, unintentionally racist. God, shit. <laughs> have you ever seen? Wait, have you ever watched or listened to the podcast "Bad Friends" with Bobby Lee? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude! The it's MTV Two funniest, clip? dude. Is that what you're talking about? I'm. The first one that comes to mind to me is the one where he said, <laughs> Bobby Lee says to the, I can't remember the other dude's name, it's like a red redhead dude. guy, yeah. And he's like, he's like, my mother, my mother passed away two days ago. <laughs> she, she is the biggest Bad Friends fan. And the guy goes, was. 
<laughs> yeah, and then and then he keeps going through it, and he's like, I know she's looking down, and he's like, no. Oh. Help. Hell. <laughs> Wait, this morning I was in the car waiting to go to work. <laughs> I'm sitting outside, I'm watching TikTok, and they had one where he's like, they're like talking about, I guess they're talking about like slavery or something, and he's like talking about, he's like, you know, Vietnamese people, no, I'm sorry, Korean people, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, you know, Koreans, like, they don't have a history of oppression, like white people, because he was like, they were like beefing or whatever, and he was like, are you fucking serious? And they Googled it. It said Korea had the longest unbroken streak of slavery in the world. <laughs> he, he was reading it and he couldn't even get through the sentence. Oh my god, it was so funny, man! Oh, I gotta watch. I gotta watch like more than just like the TikTok that like pops up on my for you page, dude. They're so it's so funny. Oh, yeah. So Jitney, not yeah. Tell me more about Jitney. So they'll just they're gonna draw. It's a it's a anybody shows up. If you show up to the stop of whatever the bar is that is the first stop, they will drive you to like 15 different bars in Wildwood that day. So that that's my Saturday. Oh, sick. And then I'll be hungover all day Sunday. I'm going to take off work on Monday. And then I'm going to find there's there's like a bar that does $3 Miller Lights and like $6 appetizers all day long for Eagles football. That's fine. So I'm going to bankrupt that place. That's so that's my, that's my game plan. Um, and then that way, if the Eagles lose... I can just go down and walk into the ocean yeah. and just keep walking until I'm dead. And that's my plan. That's However, plan. I think that overall, now that I've talked myself through it, I've, I've gotten all my jitney slurs out of me. I think that this, this team is run by professionals. I think that Jalen Hurts is a winner. I think that Jalen Carter is a winner. I think that Fletcher Cox is a winner. I think Brandon Graham is a winner. I think A.J. Brown is a winner. I think Devontae Smith is a winner. And I think that winners take losses and turn them into positive things. And I think that they will do so. I think that they're going to run all over this fucking team. I think that A.J. Brown's going to have two touchdowns. And I think that we're going to win the game 37-28. to 28. Okay. Um, That's where I'm at. I will say as like a, uh, I like, I do a Keith Hagan too. You know how Keith Hagan, you were saying earlier, Keith like falls yeah. off the face of the earth after an Eagles loss. I do the same thing. I don't open the subreddit. I don't go on Twitter. I don't, can't do I it. don't watch NFL stuff. I don't even watch Monday Night Football because they might do a fucking review. The review, yep. Um, I will say tonight was like a cathartic, mm-hmm. like just getting it all out yeah. felt really nice. Um, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win as well because if I don't, I'm a fucking dickhead. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and say Eagles are going to win this one uh, by a score of... Let's see, let's see, let's see. Mm, I just can't... I Like, imagine the Eagles winning by, like, 14 and then being, like, <laughs> getting to use all the rest bullshit excuses that we, we went through and, like, saying, like, yeah, we were playing on 13 games, uh, three games in 13 days. We just kicked the shit out of Dallas. We're so fucking back. I can't wait to go from distraught, which is, like, where I'm at, to the cocky again. Like, I want to shoot right back to cocky. I'm a, you know, you ever see that thing where it's, like, cocky distraught? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, man, Eagles cocky distraught. I, I'm, I'm imagining, like, the bus where like the one side the guy's real sad looking at the storm and the other side the guy's real happy looking at like the happy field is that what you're talking about i don't 
No, no, it's uh it's like I'll find it. As soon as I learn how to spell distraught. This is Philadelphia and this is where I'm at right now. Okay. And then this is where I'll be after Sunday. Okay. All right. I get it. Yeah. So I get it. And someone posted that and it says, so back. <laughs> We're so back. Baby. We're going to be so back here soon. Um, give me a song. Let's, uh, let's, let's get um, the fuck out of here. All right. Uh, let's do, um, there's, uh, uh, let's do, uh, Kanye West. Go ahead. Uh, I figured you would, you fucking racist. Go ahead. Heard him say. Oh, I love that. Actually, that is my favorite Kanye album. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Is this the dropout? No, this is late registration. Late registration. That's the one with slow jams and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think slow jams on that. I'm going to listen to it. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Go, well, birds. Listen, you birds know the deal. A million. Oh, we lost the bet that we put together. Sorry, Cecily. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah, I told you we should cash out. Never we cash had, out. We could have almost 200 pop. Yeah. Go, birds. Go, birds. Love you. Before you ask me to go get a job today, can I at least get a raise on the minimum wage? And I know the government administer AIDS, so I guess we just pray like the ministers say. Alu Akbar, we're throwing some hot cars. The things we seen on the screen, it's not ours. But these from the hood, so these dreams not far. Where I'm from, the dope boys is the rock stars, but they can't cop cars without seeing cop cars. I guess they want us all behind bars. I know it, uh, and I heard them say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And I heard them say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. But we'll find a way.